0: You're listening to the Let's Talk Bible Podcast, a Bible study podcast for kids
1: and parents.
0: We're your hosts,
1: Will, Charlotte, and Chase. But we call him Dad.
0: Dad'll work too. Each week, we're talking about the world of the Bible, along with interesting facts, history, and words to help you better understand what you read. The Bible doesn't have to be confusing, it actually makes a lot of sense. Sometimes you just need to talk it through. We hope our conversations help your family have some better conversations, too.
2: Conversations are always
0: good. We hope it helps us all know Jesus better and learn to follow him with all of our heart, so mind,
2: and strength.
0: Let's talk Bible. We are back with another conversation on the Bible, and we took a little bit of a short break because it's been Christmas time. So I hope everybody, all of our listeners, had a great Christmas. We're between the week of Christmas and New Year's, and we've been—well, what have we been doing the last week since Christmas?
1: Basically nothing. We have, like, been having fun at home but doing nothing.
0: That's right. I think a lot of people, particularly because you guys are on Christmas break, don't do a whole lot between Christmas and New Year, but we carved out a little time to continue having our conversations in the Gospel of Luke, where we left off last time, and so we're going to have Mom come in, read our passage for today, and get back into the swing of our conversations about the Bible.
1: Come on, Mom.
3: Luke, chapter 5, verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came to him who was covered in leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he bowed down with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then he ordered the man to tell no one, but commanded him, Go and show yourself to a priest and bring the offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded, as a testimony to them. But the news about him spread even more, and large crowds were gathering together to hear him and to be healed of their illnesses. Yet Jesus himself frequently withdrew to the wilderness and prayed. Now on one of those days, while he was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting nearby, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And then some men showed up carrying a paralyzed man on a stretcher. They were trying to bring him in and place him before Jesus. But since they found no way to carry him in because of the crowd, they went up to the roof and let him down on the stretcher through the roof tiles right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Then the experts in the law and the Pharisees began to think to themselves, Who is this man who is uttering blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their hostile thoughts, he said to them, Why are you raising objections within yourselves? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say stand up and walk, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, stand up, take your stretcher and go home. Immediately, he stood up before them, picked up the stretcher he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. Then the astonishment seized them all and they glorified God. They were filled with awe saying, we have seen incredible things today.
0: Thanks, mom. Well, today, if you were paying attention, we actually have two stories, two stories of Jesus's healing, and at the center of it, not just a conversation about healing, but also a conversation about making someone clean and forgiving someone of their sins. I think it's always helpful to hear what you guys thought or questions you might have had from the passage. What did you recognize as mom was reading our scripture this week?
2: It was weird when those guys had like so much trust in Jesus that they lowered that guy through the roof.
0: Yeah, we can talk about that, the faith that they had and the work it would have been to have brought their friend that needed that healing and literally taken apart the roof to lower him down because they couldn't get in the room. Pretty great scene. Charlotte, any questions or thoughts you had from the passage?
1: You said like, which one's either your stand up and walk or be cleansed of your fit, sin, but but the easier one would be say, say, your sins are forgiven. Instead, he said the harder thing to say, and he could do it.
0: Yeah, I think you caught on to something that's really important in this passage. This This conversation about Jesus doing two things. He healed the man from being lame, but really Jesus also wanted to have this conversation about forgiving the man's sin. I definitely think that's something we should get into, so good question, Charlotte. Well, how about we start off with an important person, place, or thing?
1: It's an important person, place, or thing. We've uncovered a person, place, or thing that's
2: important for you to learn more about. Today's important person, place, or thing are the scribes and the Pharisees.
0: That's right. Okay. If we're going to read the Gospels well, then there are certain groups of people we really have to pay attention to because they're going to show up in our story a lot. And one of those groups is here described as the scribes and the Pharisees. Do you know anything about the scribes or the Pharisees?
2: Weren't the Pharisees the people who wanted to kill Jesus?
0: they're going to be a part of a bigger group. By the time we get to the end of the Gospels, there's actually going to be several groups that are conspiring or plotting or planning together to kill Jesus, and the Pharisees will be a part of that group. But a lot of Jesus's controversy or conflicts when he gets into difficult conversations are going to be with this group of the Pharisees and the scribes. Do you remember where it said these Pharisees and scribes had come from to listen to Jesus' teaching? It said they came from all of the region of Galilee, so that's where we've been talking about. Remember, the crowds have been gathering as Jesus is teaching around the Sea of Galilee in these towns. But it also says these scribes and Pharisees had come from Judea, which is to the south, and from Jerusalem, which is the major city in Judea. Jerusalem is the capital. It's where all of the important teachers are. It's where the temple is. And so when we read that scribes and Pharisees were showing up from Jerusalem to listen to Jesus. It means that word or news about Jesus was spreading all over Israel, and important leaders were coming to check out what Jesus was saying and to try to better understand what he was doing. Now, the Pharisees is one of many groups that made up Judaism in the time of Jesus. So there were the the scribes and Pharisees. There was another group called the Sadducees we'll talk about later, another group that's not mentioned, but we know a lot from scrolls called the Essenes. And then there was a large group of people that were just living and practicing Judaism in places like Galilee. The Pharisees had the idea that the most important thing was to protect the law and to keep every one of the commandments that was written in the Bible. And it wasn't just what was written in the Bible, but to make sure that they never got close to breaking one of those commandments, they built what is called a fence around the law. It's not a literal fence, but it meant they created a bunch of rules to keep them from breaking the commandments in the Bible. So let's say that the commandment in the Bible says that priests should not eat the sacrifice with unclean hands. Well, to make sure there was no chance of ever breaking that law, the Pharisees said, Everyone and all of Israel should wash their hands before they eat any meal. That way, if we keep that rule, there's no chance we'll break the more strict rule. The word for this is called the oral tradition. Do you know what that means, oral tradition? No. Oral means like the words from our mouth. So they were keeping rules that weren't written down in the Bible, but words that were just passed down through tradition. And this is where Jesus and the Pharisees will oftentimes disagree. They want to make sure that Jesus and his disciples are always following their tradition. But Jesus isn't concerned with the tradition as much as he is what is actually written in the Bible. And so these Pharisees show up, and what they're concerned about is, is Jesus keeping their traditions? Is Jesus doing all the things that they would expect him to be doing? Now, the scribes, because we've got these two groups mentioned here, the Pharisees and the scribes, the scribes were something like professors or lawyers. They were the ones who spent their whole lives studying the law and understanding how to interpret or how to apply that law in every aspect of life. So in our story, Jesus is teaching, and all of these important religious teachers and experts in the law show up, and they're listening to Jesus, not because they're really interested in who Jesus is or what he's doing but because they're testing Jesus to make sure that Jesus is applying all of the rules the way they think he should be applying the rules. And so that's this group, the scribes and the Pharisees. Well, what do you think we get into our conversation? Okay, our setting for this passage is all of these little towns around the Sea of Galilee. And what do you remember about Jesus from our past conversations? It's been a couple weeks since we've been on Christmas break. Uh, what do you remember about Jesus and his teaching in this area of Galilee?
2: A lot of the people rejected him. The people at his own town were really mad at him, and the people
1: at Capernaum wanted to keep him.
0: Yeah, that's right. And why were they wanting to keep him, Charlotte? Do you remember?
1: Because he was doing miracles, and they were like, we want to see these miracles. Why will not you show us?
0: Yeah, you're right. So large crowds were gathering because they were all hearing about and impressed with the miracles Jesus was doing. And in Nazareth, they wanted him to do miracles, and when he refused, they rejected him. As Will said, they wanted to throw him off a cliff. And at Capernaum, he was doing great miracles, but they seemed to just want more miracles to not actually be listening to what Jesus was saying. And so now we get two stories of miracles, but at the center of these two stories, Jesus is trying to have a deeper conversation. What was the first miracle Jesus did in our passage?
2: He healed a guy of leprosy.
0: Yes. So leprosy in the Bible is considered a skin disease. We don't know exactly what leprosy was. There's a modern disease that sometimes is called leprosy, but it's probably a different thing that we're reading about in the Gospels. But when somebody developed certain skin conditions or skin diseases, they would be declared unclean. And we've talked a little bit about cleanness, the laws of cleanness. It doesn't mean that their hands were dirty or that they were dirty and might be infectious, although it could be that. Really, the idea of clean and unclean in the Bible is about your preparation to worship. In order to come into the temple and worship and make sacrifices, you had to be clean. You had to observe certain practices. And there were certain just normal parts of life that would make you unclean. That didn't mean you were sinful, but it meant that you had to go through a process of bathing or waiting so that you could be prepared to worship. It was really about how you came into God's house and the seriousness, the preparation that you made to be able to worship and sacrifice. The problem was for somebody with leprosy. They were declared unclean. And until that leprosy either went away, or often it never did, that person was not able to worship in the temple or make sacrifices. They weren't able to be around other people because they might make them unclean. And so you often had these groups of lepers having to live outside of the cities or communities. It means you were left out of relationships and worship and probably occupations. It was a really difficult situation to be in. And so this man comes to Jesus and doesn't just ask, will you heal me he specifically says will you make me clean will you help me be able to worship again and participate in my community again and what does jesus do for this man
1: jesus says he will make him clean
0: he does jesus heals him of his leprosy and in the process he sends him to the priest so the priest could note that he was now clean and able to participate then we get this second story will you mentioned that this one you thought was particularly cool what what was wrong in the second story that brought this man to Jesus.
2: A guy was paralyzed?
0: So this is certainly a physical ailment. There's something wrong. He can't walk. And so he's brought by his friends who want to see him healed to Jesus. And we talked about the crowds were so great, they couldn't get the man into Jesus. So they went up on the roof. It was common in the first century for them to have flat roofs and stairs that would go up there. People would go up and often sleep on the roof if it was hot or have meals up on the roof. But they actually pull apart the roof and lower the man into Jesus. And what does Jesus say to the man? Because what are we expecting? We're expecting him to talk about healing, right? That's why everybody's there, why everybody's been showing up, while his friends brought him. But what does Jesus say to the man?
1: First, he says, do you want me to forgive his, your sins?
0: Now, this is really interesting. Jesus wants to talk about the man's sin that needs forgiveness, even though we and all of his friends think that he's there because he needs physical healing. Jesus offers the man forgiveness for his sins. Now, I think this is what Jesus has been wanting to talk about all along. Do you remember back at the beginning of Luke, John the Baptist was baptizing people in the wilderness, and he was baptizing them for the forgiveness of sin, and he was preparing them for Jesus to come. When Jesus comes, what he really wants to talk about is our biggest, deepest problems. And those deepest problems are not just sickness and disease. The deepest problem we have is the sin that's in our heart and the sin that plagues our world. So Jesus wants to both heal us, but really he also wants to deliver us from the power of sin and free us from our sins, to forgive our sins. So Jesus brings up this question, do you want me to forgive your sins? Your sins are forgiven. And how do those scribes and Pharisees respond to this?
2: They're like, it's easy to say you're healed of your sins, even though you might not be. It's harder to say, get up and walk, and the person walks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Everybody can see when Jesus heals someone, when the leprosy is gone, when all of a sudden somebody who couldn't walk is able to walk. And that's what the crowds are all impressed with. Jesus says, you think this is the harder thing. But Jesus says, really what I'm trying to do, and what you should be paying attention to, is what does Jesus want to do with the sin that's in your life? How does Jesus want to forgive you of sins and shape you to be a new person? And Jesus, to make the point, actually does both for this man. He forgives his sins, just like he made the man with leprosy clean. He forgives this man's sins and he heals him and says, take up your mat and walk. Now, The Pharisees and the scribes are probably impressed with his ability to do miracles, but they get hung up on the fact that Jesus is forgiving sin, and they think this is blasphemy because nobody but God can forgive sin. What they miss is that Jesus has been sent from God as God's son. Jesus is God, and he's there to do this work of forgiving sin. So what we have so far in Luke's gospel is this tension. Will people pay attention to just the miracles, just their traditions, like the Pharisees, the oral rules that they've passed down? Or will they recognize that Jesus has come to draw their attention to the sin in their world and in their own hearts and to forgive them of that sin? Well, I think we've got a word that we can learn this week. Would you like to learn a new Greek and maybe a Hebrew word as well? Totally. Well, let's learn a new word of the week. Each week, we're learning a new word from the original languages of the Bible. You might not know it, but the Bible was originally written in Hebrew and Greek.
1: And a little Aramaic.
0: And a little Aramaic, that's right also. Each week, we'll teach you an important word from these original languages, so you can better understand the important themes of the Bible. So, let's learn our Word of the Week. Well, today I've got a word that does appear in Luke chapter 5, but I think it's just an interesting word because it's one of the places that we can learn English words that also are in Greek and Hebrew. So, today's word in Greek is the word anthropos. Can you say anthropos?
2: Anthropos.
1: Anthropos.
0: Any idea what anthropos means?
1: No idea.
0: Have you ever heard the word anthropology?
1: I think my mom shops there.
0: You are right. There is a store called Anthropology. But Anthropology means the study of humanity. And Anthropology comes from this Greek word, which is used. A man came who was unclean with leprosy. That word, a man, is the Greek word anthropos. So Anthropos becomes anthropology. Remember, like theology, we learned ology means the study. So this is the word, the study of man. Anthropos. Can you say Anthropos one more time?
1: Anthropos. Anthropos.
0: Now, just because I like to give you some Hebrew as well, too, I want to give you a couple of Hebrew words that are similar. There's a few ways to say man in Hebrew, because really when we're saying man, even in Anthropos or here a man, we're talking about humanity as a whole. And so you can say that in a couple ways in Hebrew. You could say ish, which just means man. Can you say ish? Ish. Ish. Or you could also say Adam. Can you say Adam in Hebrew?
1: Adam. Adam.
0: What does the word Adam sound like in Hebrew? It sounds like a famous person's name from the Bible. Adam. 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 That's right. Adam, the first man, his name can mean man or humanity. That Adam is the first of all of the humans of humanity. And so the Hebrew word Adam, his name, Adam, can also mean humanity. So we've learned a lot of words today. Three words, actually. In Hebrew, Adam and Ish, and in Greek, Anthropos. And all of those words mean man or human or humanity. So let's say those words again. Can you say Anthropos?
2: Anthropos. Anthropos.
0: And let's say Adam. Adam.
2: Adam. Adam.
0: Well, we got to talk about our story. We've also talked a little bit about new words, and we've learned about Pharisees and scribes. Before we get into our prayer, what are some things you learned from today's discussion and passage of Scripture?
1: It was weird how they took apart the roof and lowered him through it.
0: Yeah, it's a great image of being friends and having faith to help your friends, right? They brought their friend to Jesus. I think that's a great image, too. Will, did you learn anything from today's discussion?
2: You want to have faith to trust God.
0: And while God wants to heal us and cares about our brokenness, what else is Jesus interested in talking about with us?
2: Sin in our hearts and in the world.
0: That's right. Jesus wants to talk to us about all sorts of things, about the brokenness or sickness that we might have. But Jesus is also wanting to heal us of our deepest challenge and deepest need. And that deepest need is the sin that's in our hearts. And so Jesus comes so that he might forgive sin. That's going to be a theme we're going to see more of even next week in our conversation, but all the way through this Gospel of Luke. Well, what do you guys say that we pray over today's passage of Scripture? Dear Jesus, we're thankful that you came to us and that you're willing to heal us and that you're willing to help us when we face challenges. But we're also thankful that you came, that you might forgive us of sin, that you might teach us what it means to be your follower, that you might help us recognize the way our hearts need you, and we ask that you would forgive us of our sins, just as you did the man in today's passage. We pray that we would serve you with our whole hearts and our whole lives, and that we would listen to what you want to say to us, not just what we're interested in having you do. So come, Jesus, speak to our hearts, forgive us of sin, that we might worship and glorify you as these people left, glorifying and worshiping you as well. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.
2: Amen.
1: Amen.
0: We have this little tradition in our house of offering a blessing before the kids go to school each day. In the book of Numbers, Aaron is given a blessing in which he puts God's name over his people. And we would like to offer you that blessing as we do each morning as well, too. The Lord bless bless you you and and keep keep you. you. The Lord Lord make his face to shine upon upon you You and be be gracious to you. you. The Lord lift his countenance countenance to you you and give give you you peace.
1: And lots of peas to eat for lunch.
0: Thanks for listening to the Let's Talk Bible podcast. You can find notes for today's show by going to letstalkbible.kids. There you'll find this week's scripture, family discussion questions, and the word of the week. You can also send us a message, maybe a question you have about the Bible. Parents, there's also a sermon for each of our episodes to help you dig deeper into the week's passage. We hope our conversations inspire your family for some conversations of your own. Thanks for listening.